first thing we'll do, which has become per usual, is do the CASA update for the week of 2-9-2015. So, um, and tonight we have an extra special guest. The president of CASA, Ms. Julie Wessner, is going to join us. She's here. Hi, Hi Ms. Hi. Julie. Hello, guys. How are you? I'm great. How are you this evening? Cold. Cold. Very cold. I'm calling from Casas Des Moines, Iowa office. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I was laughing because somebody somebody actually called and asked um, if they could be put in touch with our Oregon office. <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking, wow. <laughs> sure, you are our Oregon office. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm doing the update today because Alex um, was off in California, talking strategy. It's pretty exciting, as everybody knows. California is under massive threat um, because they've got. I, I I guess it's like the the home planet of the ants. I I, I don't know how else to describe it. But poor California um, vapors, they've just been beleaguered. And so Alex was attending a strategy meeting and it's very exciting. And I'm sure he'll probably update on that when he comes back and talks to you guys. Um, But I'm going to just do the the quick roundup. Um, We've got tons of calls to action with sadly more to come. Um, But today we just put one out for Nevada which is Senate Bill 79, which is a 30% wholesale tax on e-cigarette liquid. Um, Yeah, we're we're getting hit with the taxes. Um, We've also got Maryland. Um, We've got a call to action out for a House Bill 26, which is basically banning e-cigarette use wherever smoking is banned. Indiana, of course, is a constantly evolving situation where just an obscene number of bills have been introduced and um, the Indiana folks have just been doing a yeoman's job out there really organizing and battling this. Um, Because, you know, let's be honest, the state organizations and the vapors within the state need to take responsibility for their state. You know, if, if I go in and try to argue in Indiana, anytime these national organizations come in, you run the risk of being viewed as a carpetbagger. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the people who live there, this is their lives. Um, for the vendors, their livelihood. Um, for the consumers, their lives. And they're the ones who are far more persuasive um, than any so-called professionals, um, and Indiana's just doing an amazing job. We've also got um, a, a call to action out on Vermont, which is a bill to ban flavored e-liquid. Except um, menthol. Except menthol. Except menthol. With that. Except, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's really kind of scary. And after I finish the wrap-up, I'll, I'll give you a few comments on all this. This ridiculous nonsense is what I'm calling it now. Um, Oregon has approximately 100 million bills. Um, and they actually had a hearing today on 2546, which is um, their attempt to include e-cigarettes in their smoking ban. Um, we have not heard the outcome. For all I know, it's still ongoing. We've also updated the Alaska call to action. They've got a hearing on Wednesday um, regarding including e-cigarettes in their smoking ban. Um, 
you know, I should mention Maryland. Um, I, I mentioned that we have some leg- a, a call to action there for an indoor use ban or banning e-cigarette use wherever smoking is prohibited. Their hearing is February 11th. Now, if you live in one of these states and you haven't received an email from us, then you need to go and check your email, make sure that we're not getting caught up in your spam filter, or you need to join CASA, one of the two. Um, We have had some reports of our emails getting caught up in spam filters, and I I guess that's not surprising. We're coming up on 40,000 members. So, you know, that means that we're sending out a fair number of emails. I mean, obviously, we're not emailing everybody, with every call to action, we, we target the emails so that if you live in Maryland, you'll hear about Maryland issues and not necessarily Alaska. Um, we are expecting to be issuing calls to action for Hawaii, Connecticut, Washington, New Hampshire, Ohio, Kentucky, and Utah. And of course, California um, will we'll be definitely dealing with them. Um, and we're we're just roaring into legislative sessions, aren't we? Um, I did want to give a bit of good news. I have not been able to verify it, but I did receive an email from one of our um, members in Wyoming. And um, in Wyoming, we had put out a, a couple of calls to action, but one of them involved smokeless tobacco. And as probably all of your listeners know, CASA is a THR, a tobacco harm reduction organization. And while e-cigarettes are by and far our most popular means of THR among our membership, we also do represent um, other forms of THR, such as smokeless tobacco. Um, You know, basically, if it's a non-combusted form of nicotine, we're, we're going to support efforts to keep those accessible um, for consumers. And Wyoming was seeking to impose a pretty hideous tax on smokeless, and we just got word that that was defeated in committee, which is always kind of nice. So anyway, that was the the roundup. You know, Alex is so much better at this than I am. He he talks about all the nuances, but I'm just kind of giving the highlights. May I interrupt just for one second, Jen? Julie, um, I'll try to watch your interview that you and Dr. Michael Siegel and the history professor did. Thank you. Oh, that is so sweet of you. That was, it's so hard to do those interviews because I had no idea where I was supposed to look. You were amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank That's you so okay. much. Oh, well, you know, you're allowed to, you're allowed to talk during the podcast, you're a CASA member. Um, what, what Jeannie is referring to was, what is it, HuffPost Live or Huff Live? Yeah, HuffPost um, Live. Yeah, and they had a segment on how e-cigarettes should be regulated. And um, they had originally, Jan, you can speak to this. You probably remember who they had originally yeah. lined up. Um, they had lined up a couple of people. One of them was one of the state people for the American Lung Association. One of them was one of the state people for the American Heart Association. Then they had a couple of our famous anti scientist friends who were going to uh, come on and talk. Yeah. And um, they decided they were not going to come on and speak when they heard Kasa was coming on. Well, that's what I like to think. But 
it, well, it could have been anything, but I think um, at the last minute, yeah. Uh, at the last minute, they wound up really trying hard to find somebody. So they found a history professor yes. who um, had written fairly extensively about tobacco advertising. And so he just trotted all of that stuff out without any real understanding of the difference between e-cigarettes and um, tobacco. And, and it's kind of a funny thing. I was talking to somebody who said, well, you know, why are you – why are you in favor of advertising? Don't you think we should just have no advertising oh for e-cigarettes? And and why do you care if you're really a consumer organization? Um, and, and my response, and it wasn't on the show, that issue didn't come up, but my response is, well, of course we believe in advertising. That's a significant way of reaching consumers, that's how people learn about stuff. And so we're not out there asserting the um, free speech rights of businesses, but we are asserting our rights as consumers to get the information um, that they want to convey to us. And, yes. you know, we, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. there's some rules like you, you can't advertise on, on Barney, you know, <laughs> or Sesame Street. I, you know, maybe there there is something in there, but no um, Nickelodeon advertising. Yeah. That might be a good one. But it, it's just really crazy because there's just so much misinformation out there right now, and I I really feel very sorry for vendors because you often hear this statement like, well, you know, they're just advertising, making it glamorous. You know, they're they're you know showing you this is adult product and and they're making it glamorous and so that's it is gonna, it, but it, yeah. it is an adult product well that's yeah thing. you know so we're what are you going to do i mean if you're a vendor you cannot make therapeutic claims in marketing right mm -hmm. you, you you can't no. so you can't talk about hey this could very well save your life you can't say, hey, you can quit smoking with this, although the jury's out on that. Um, you know, it, it might be possible to make the claim. You can make the claim about switching, but you can't talk about you should switch for your health. You could talk about really silly little things like, oh, you won't, you know, you won't have the, the smoke aroma or, oh, you can use it in places where you might not be able to smoke. And, and you know, just kind of the silly little things are the things that you're allowed to advertise. So, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's just crazy. Anyway. Well, I mean, there, there's... There's not much you can do to – antis like to confabulate. They like to stretch the truth. They like to say this is like this when it's nothing like that. And it's very hard to shut those arguments down, but, you know, we know their faults. Well, you know, for example, Stanton Glantz was oh. quoted <laughs> – Sorry, That's please okay. try not to get heartburn. Um, but he was quoted in a newspaper article um, about bans on sales to minors as saying that when we prohibit sales to minors, we're just making it more attractive to the kids. <laughs> so you, you just sit here and you think, so exactly what are we supposed to do with this? Is he now arguing that we should make them freely available to children? Should we be not advertising that these are adult products 
you know, at some point, people are just going to have to accept responsibility and say, let's just ban sales to minors, impose draconian consequences for violating that, and be done with it. Well, I see, I've never understood every time we've tried to, and I say we, but it's not so much we, but every time a minor use ban comes up, the American Lung Association, the American Heart Association, the American Association of um, Pediatric Physicians, they all stand up and say, no, that's, you can't do that because it's not saying it's a tobacco product. Exactly. That is their that is their exact reason. Well, look, we're trying to keep these out of the hands of children. Most reputable vendors do not sell to children. We already know that. But we're trying to keep these out of the hands of children. So what would you have us do? Yeah. 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 It, it, it's all, like I said, ridiculous nonsense. Um, you know, one other point I would like to make, you're, you're seeing a fair number of what I would consider more technical calls to action, things that we – that some of our members would look at and say, well, I don't understand why it's such a big deal. Like, I don't understand why it's such a big deal to have um, a tobacco license, you know, to be required to have a tobacco license in order to operate a shop. And, and, and I understand um, once you have an age-restricted product, it makes sense for the state to have some mechanism to enforce that. And part of that is having a list of places that are selling age-restricted products. Right. So, you know, people think that we're being a little too technical or maybe a little bit too careful. But the problem that we're finding is that when when we get caught up at the state level in all the tobacco laws, so for example, a tobacco license, um, there are a lot of unintended consequences associated with that. My own state of Iowa is a perfect example. Um, everybody agreed that there was a system in place that was not particularly onerous for the state to grant licenses to sell tobacco products, just throw e-cigarettes into that category. They're not tobacco products. They're defined as something else, but they've got to get a tobacco permit. Mm -hmm. And um, the next thing you know, because we have a hostile attorney general, (laughs) um, he informed the Department of Revenue that they were not supposed to – allow any permits to be issued for any company who wants to sell online because tobacco products cannot be sold online. He maintains that there is no mechanism to grant a permit or a license. I'm using them interchangeably um, to sell e-cigarettes online. (laughs) So, and, and we're hearing of a few other States where this happens. So you, you, you have to guess that a lot of these hostile attorneys general have gotten together and come up with a strategy to stymie things. Um, well, so, well, you know, it's a big I deal. Mean, well, the, the NAA, the National Association's uh, Attorney Generals, you know what I'm talking I, about. The, yes. the people that... Uh, I want to call them NAG. <laughs> yeah, we'll call them NAG. The people that orchestrated the Master Settlement Agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Forbes has written pretty extensively about them and they are pretty much an organization that just lobbies for change they don't like the milk that schools are selling they're going to impose a fine they don't like this they're going to impose a fine and they're tax exempt for the large part and they have their own sort of group that they just sort of do their own thing 
Um, and at first it was just tobacco and now they're moving on to other things. And obviously like Steve Forbes predicted, they are moving on to vapor products now, which is not really a surprise, but they want their cut of the money very much like all the antis, like all the anti-scientists, they just want their cut of the money and they will do anything to get it. And it's it's hard to combat that. Well, it is. And if you had asked me, so I've been doing this, what, six years? Mm-hmm. If you had asked me four years ago even, I, and said, oh, you know, we're going to basically start hurting the tax base. We're going to take enough smokers away from the traditional combustibles that we're actually going to make a dent in the tax revenues. I would have laughed. I, I would have laughed. I, I would have said, oh, get that tinfoil <laughs> hat off your head, girl. <laughs> Um, but but the truth is we we really are eroding the tax base and we're we're hearing politicians saying we're losing tax revenue from um, tobacco. Well, you and know there I, is it, a laugh curve. It is heinous mm-hmm. I, because all these states have set up so that they are dependent upon this source of revenue on a syntax and it's ostensibly designed to reduce use. Yes. But then you do, and they've got to go after something else. It, it's the laugher yeah. in in yeah. perfect. It's a perfect example of what the laugher curve looks like. You've actually taxed so high that your expected revenue has plummeted. Now, yeah. and and then what do you do? Exactly oh, yeah. what they're doing now. And if they can't get money from us, you know they're going to move on to um, sugary to- soda taxes, um, taxes on the fat in your food, um, taxes. Oh, God, and the salt, the oh, yeah. sodium content of your food. They're going to, what they did to smokers, what they're doing to vapors, they're going to do to everyone. So everyone is going to get to feel this sting. Oh, yeah. There's there's absolutely zero doubt about it. And vapors tend to keep thinking that somehow, and, and, and I don't mean to be dismissive because I was very much this way in the beginning. I just kept thinking that at some point the truth would become so manifest, so so obvious that there's just absolutely no way that you could avert your eyes and not see it. And that the American Lung Association and, and all of those groups would have to say, yeah, maybe e-cigarettes are an answer to a problem, not a problem in and of itself. And I, I kept thinking that they were going to see it. And and it's just become abundantly clear that no, no, no that's not going to happen. Um, we're still anecdotes. We're still normalizing <laughs> smoking. We're still doing all of these horrible things. Um, and they refuse to recognize the the truth and um so i know like i've gone way over the podcast time i am so sorry you you get me talking and um there it is but i did want to leave on a positive note okay i I mentioned the anecdotes you know we're Mm -hmm. all just anecdotes to them um I, I know Alex has mentioned it before but i'm gonna mention it again we've got our testimonials project and we, we've got about 3,500 testimonials, and it's so easy to submit your testimonial. Um, it's at, oh gosh, I, I should know the, the link, um, but it's like, if you go to our website, well, wait a minute, I can give it to you. It's testimonials.casa, 
org, and go there and submit your testimonial. Um, our plans are the testimonials is actually the website has actually been mentioned in an article that was published out of Mayo um, Clinic, which is a pretty big deal. And you know our our plan is to collect continuously these testimonials and when we get to a certain number we're going to start printing them out and having them delivered to Mm -hmm. legislators um you know how do you like these five thousand anecdotes ten thousand anecdotes um because it's important for them to understand that there are real people and this is working this is working for an awful lot of people so anyway that was my my positive plug it was um Julie, because I'm a Pollyanna. Come, you are. If <laughs> yeah, you want to come, you are. If you want to come back some night and do an entire show, just let me know when. Okay, I will do that. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Julie. Okay, bye bye. Have a good night. Bye bye.